All right, on today's podcast, we're going to talk a lot about the aftermath in the first segment, and then we're moving to the future. We're moving on, because that's what you do as a fan. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke, Do- welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Boy, we can fly through the show in about six minutes. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, we started the show and then uh, something went wrong with my connection, so we're having to start over. So if some of this sounds familiar to you, that's weird um, because it means you were listening in on the first show, which makes no sense. But we're for you, it's the first show. Uh, anyway, thank you all for making us your first listen. Jimmy, um, I came across a statistic. I, look, I'm still seeing retweets of that call that interference where uh, Kool-Aid gets the interception. I still think it's bogus. I told you I'm not going to talk any more about the officials, and I'm not right now, except it still makes my blood boil. That was just a horrendous, awful, terrible moment and terrible call, and I will say that to my dying day. But it's over, and I'm done now, starting now. Do you remember when Kramer on Seinfeld, like he took a vow of silence, and he kept talking, and he's like starting now. So that's how I am. But I came across a statistic from Brad Edwards on Twitter, and this is incredible. He says, this is verbatim, watching that knuckleball field goal on the last play reminded me, Bama opponents are 10 of 11 on field goal attempts this season and 61 for 67 or 91% over the last four years. Generally, college kickers are mediocre, but they're nearly automatic versus Bama. Jimmy, when I first read that, I'm actually kind of happy because, see, I don't think anybody can give me a scientific reason that number is true, why kickers perform better when they play us. It makes no sense. And just like in Star Wars, when they decided to take uh, – it was either a blood, urine, or stool sample from Luke Skywalker. And I'm going to pretend it's blood. It was, a stool, sample. It was yeah. a stool sample. It was my least favorite scene in Star Wars history, having to watch uh, Luke Skywalker uh, poop right there on the screen. I said, gosh, the kids are – the kids shouldn't be watching this. I shouldn't be watching this. He said, I see why they call this the Death Star. Um, anyway, uh, so they got a blood sample from Luke Skywalker when he was a young lad on the Phantom Menace, I think it was, and they measured his monochloridians or something stupid like that, and they were like, oh, he's destined to be a Jedi with this many monochloridians. And I'm thinking, first of all, monochloridians – sounds like some kind of slur, doesn't it? I mean, it's just a horrible name. Secondly, um, it sounds like a bad slur for people in Florida somehow. I don't know how. But anyway, um, secondly, I liked the idea of a Jedi being nebulous. Like, you can't put your finger on why somebody's a Jedi. You're like, I just know he's a Jedi. Like, I don't want Jedis to be measured or when Jaws, Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. But I, I have no problem also saying that the dumbest part of that movie is when the shark shark jumps on the boat and you oh, yeah. see like this long shark jump on the boat and you're like, okay, I mean, yeah, that's scary. But in my head, it was scarier. And see, if you don't ever see the villain 
if you don't see the monster or the shark or the octopus or whatever the heck it is, it's scarier because you imagine it the way that it scares you. And so I'm fine not being able to quantify why this happens, why that when teams play us, their kickers go superhuman. It makes no sense, but I like the mystery of it, the mystique of it. I wish they went the other way. I wish there was a way to say like, man, when teams play Alabama, their kickers can't make nothing. But it's kind of cool to be on either end of that spectrum. Um, it makes you think that playing us gives somebody like a extra monochloridians, right? Well, I hope, you know, maybe we should uh, start inspecting the poop of the kickers that are kicking against us. Is that is that the, 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 the push here? No, re- really, you know, sports, we like to think of sports as – the culmination of uh, the hard work and the talent on the team and the coaching you have. But unfortunately, the luck uh, plays a role. It plays a role in all different sports. Uh, and I think there's a lot of room for luck, both good and bad in football. And this is a great example of Alabama's had some really bad luck. I mean, that's just luck. There's, there's no way to explain it. You can't defend whether field goals go in or not. Now, you can do what you can to block them, but – I mean, how many kicks can realistically be blocked? Uh, you know, it's you know, Byron Young, I think, might have got a finger on uh, on on the knuckleball on Saturday, but it, it you know, it's just some bad luck. It's like when the other team makes a bunch of free throws against you. I mean, it's not it's like it's not like there's a lot of defense to free throws. So uh, kicks go in or they don't. Free throws go in or they don't. And uh, sometimes luck smiles on you, and sometimes luck. Uh, says you don't have enough monochloridians in your poop. <laughs> I, I mean, I refuse to do any more research to find out if it's actually called monochloridians. Or I, if they I, I didn't sample. see it in a menace. I, I famously, uh, for myself, uh, I saw uh, Star Wars. I saw Empire Strikes Back. I saw Return of the Jedi. I, and I think I saw that Han, the Han Solo movie. Uh, other than that, uh, I've not seen any Star Wars movie ever. I so as see far as you're concerned, like, if you don't see it, then this is sort of my point. Like, for you, the mystique of this is they took a sample of Luke Skywalker's poop to to figure frankly, out how much of a Jedi he is. I frankly kind of want to see Phantom Menace now. I've never I've never wanted to see it until now. I've got I got to see this just for this scene alone. All right. Nobody, no podcast on the Lockdown Network gets in more trouble than us for going off the rails. But <laughs> but I am going to tell this joke that I heard many moons ago, very ironically. There is a there was I don't know if it's still there. There was a comedy club and I think it was in a Holiday Inn at one of the Knoxville area Holiday Inns that I was dating a girl and we went to the comedy club um, before an Alabama Tennessee game. I want to say it was 1990, the 90, the 95 was it the 95 game when Jay. Uh, Graham took off for like a some odd yard. No, 96. It was 96. 96. 96. Yeah. 96. Anyway, um, and the comedian, it was one of those like, um, it wasn't like Madam and Lamb Chop or whatever, but it was like he had a dummy, you know, a ventriloquist dummy, but it was like more like a Muppet. And the the Muppet, <laughs> this still gets or, me. Or a Tennessee fan. Can you really tell the difference? <laughs> it was a very small Tennessee fan who – who was very ticklish. Um, anyway, he said, uh, the dummy said, well, I went to the doctor the other day and the guy said, oh, really? I don't know why I feel compelled to do the, if yeah, you're watching you the video. 
Yeah, you're he doing said, I went to the doctor the other day, and the guy said, oh, you went to the doctor, how'd it go? He said, well, he wanted a, a urine sample, a stool sample, and a semen sample. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, so then what happened? He said, I just threw in my underwear and told him to sort it out. <laughs> that joke still gets me. I don't know why. It gets me every wow, that joke stuck with you for 26 years. It really did. And I, I mean, I fell out and I still tell it and nobody laughs at it but me. <laughs> like you didn't uh, move. Yeah, I've, I've heard it before. It's funnier from a puppet <clears throat> or from a small Tennessee fan on your lap. Or a guy just moving his fingers and thumb. <laughs> All right. I need, to, I need to tell everybody about Upside. We're going to talk about the future, uh, immediate future here in just a minute. But from cringing at the pump to getting eye-popping, an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, right in the underwear. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Now, listen, I, I give you my word. Look, I'm going to show you right here. I've got the Upside app on my phone, if I can pull it up here. Yeah, right there. You can see it says Upside clearly on there. And right now I've got $10 and 42 cents in, in credit because I've cashed out. And, you know, once you get to $15, you can cash out on PayPal and there's no restriction on it at all. And I've done that several times now. And I've, but I've done it for like small gift cards or whatever, just to reward a, one of my children for good grades or whatever. And I'm going to go get gas several times a day because I'm driving to South Carolina today. So I'll easily surpass the $15 mark. And so it's just free money. Why not do it? It doesn't cost a thing. Go get the Upside app. You will absolutely love it. Um, to get started, download the free app. Use my promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase, $10 or more. So you already start out with a big number. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get a $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. <clears throat> All right, Jimmy. So Alabama falls back to number six in the AP poll. Was that a bit of a shock to you that we only went to number six, or do you think that's right? I happen to think that's right. I think that's about right. Um, part of me thinks it's a little unfair. We're ranked ahead of uh, teams that are undefeated, but I also know, and, I, and when I say so much of sports is speculative, I know none of the undefeated teams behind us would have beat Tennessee and Knoxville, none of them. And, and it frankly probably wouldn't have been close if Tennessee played the way they played against Alabama, uh, Ole Miss, TCU, Syracuse, UCLA, they weren't beat. They're not beating Tennessee and Knoxville. So to me, it's a nod to, well, that was a tough draw for, for Alabama. Uh, so, so I'm not against Alabama being ranked number six. And those other teams, if they just continue to win and win and win, and they win every single week and win their leagues, they'll, 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 they'll leapfrog Alabama if Alabama doesn't win the SEC. Yeah, and the one really ahead of us, I mean, just one or one behind us, I should say. I mean, you said ahead, I say behind, doesn't matter. The one really behind us, right behind us, is Ole Miss, and we play them. So, I mean, that's it's a non-starter. And, right. um, you know, look, I think your point is valid that would any of those other teams beat Ole Miss, I mean, beating Tennessee Saturday, I would wager that nobody in the country was going to beat Tennessee Saturday. I, I mean, agree. it was going, again, it goes back to my mystique argument. Tennessee was going to find a way to win that game. By hook or crook, they were going to find a way to win that game. And uh, they did. And, again, kudos to them. There have been some people making – The hook was the quarterback. The hook was the quarterback, and then hook, and the crook was the, was the referees. <laughs> Nailed it. 
<laughs> Miss, hey, problem solved, y'all. Um, so, yeah, another mystery solved by your local Scooby-Doo gang, your dogless Scooby-Doo gang. Um, but anyway, so we have Mississippi State coming up this week. We will certainly talk about them a lot as, as the week progresses. They took it on the chin a little bit against a Kentucky team that is coming back to earth. Uh, but Mississippi State is has been dangerous. But you know what's funny? When it comes to Alabama Mississippi State, now look, Alabama dominates the series anyway. But everybody thought Mike Leach would give Alabama so much trouble over all the teams they play. We've absolutely owned them. They have nine total points in the two games we've played each other. So I'm not as nearly as worried about this game, but I'm worried about it in this sense. It's we need a we need a complete game again. We need I don't need to hear any more players being mad on Twitter or mad on social media. I need to, I need to see some action on the field. Will Anderson had what five sacks or four sacks in this game last year. He needs to step up and, and have a big game this weekend. He he did not have a great game against Tennessee, and he needs to have a good game this weekend. Yeah, my concern, uh, my first concern about Mississippi State is uh, first of all, Tennessee showed them a roadmap. I think I think Tennessee showed Mississippi State some things on film that Mississippi State and Mike Leach will try to take advantage of, and they're sort of well-suited to do it in the sense they have a high-quality quarterback, similar to Hendon Hooker. And, I mean, Will Rogers, really, really good player. Uh, I don't think Mississippi State has Tennessee's wideouts, and uh, I don't think they have a Jalen Hyatt. I don't think so. Um, But uh, I I do think Mississippi State has enough talent on on offense to uh, take some level of advantage of what, what Tennessee showed them on tape. Uh, the good news is Alabama does seem to defend the Mike Leach deep, uh, offense really well. Uh, Pete Golding, uh, for, for as much as maybe uh, last Saturday, wasn't his uh, the, the zenith of his Alabama career. Uh, I would say about as good as Pete Golding has done at Alabama is what he's done against the Mike Leach offenses. So uh, Alabama has a lot to prove. But here's the thing, Luke. It's not so much beating Mississippi State, although that's important, and Alabama must do that, and Alabama must rebound from that terrible performance. But beating Ole Miss and Oxford and beating LSU and Baton Rouge is going to be a real challenge. So what Alabama has to do is improve. Use the Mississippi State game to improve because you've got to be a better football team than you've shown so far to beat both Ole Miss and Oxford and LSU and Baton Rouge in back-to-back games. So – I think this Saturday is about taking a step, a giant step forward in improving. Last year they did. Last year they lose to Texas A&M and then wax Mississippi State in probably their best performance of the year. Uh, they need to do it again. Let me ask this. As, as Tennessee receivers were flying by our defensive backs, I did have a question in my mind. Where the hell is Eli Ricks? Where is he? He's uh, failed to beat out Terry on Arnold. I mean, that, that's the deal. I mean, what people have to realize, and again, I'm going to do the rewatch thread today. It'll be really interesting on Bam Insiders. I'll rewatch the whole game and comment on every series. Uh, but one thing I believe I'm going to see uh, is the DBs had a really bad day, but really the corners didn't. Uh, Tennessee didn't really attack Kool-Aid, McKinstry, or Terry on Arnold like I thought. I think I saw a stat that showed they only went at McKinstry once the entire game and failed to complete the ball. And then they only went at Terry on Arnold five times in the game, completing three of the passes, none for touchdowns. So the corners were fine. Uh, it was the safeties that were just absolutely taken advantage of. And, and they did a great job of matching up wide receivers on safeties. And Alabama just couldn't, couldn't match up there. So 
I don't think Ricks would have made a different Saturday. Uh, but here's the deal. Who thought all summer that Arnold would beat out Ricks? I did not. I'm the first to admit. I had Ricks as a starting corner uh, and, and, and thought that up until the last minute. But Terrion's played pretty well. Uh, he hasn't played poorly enough to, to take him out of the lineup. But to answer the question, Eli Ricks has not beat out Terry and Arnold. And I, and I read a lot of posts, Luke, over the weekend. We need to move him to safety. Well, let's move uh, Roy Dell Williams to safety. Let's move. I mean, you can't teach somebody a new position in a week. We had the problem. One of the problems supposedly out there with Ricks is he's been hurt so much. He hadn't even learned quarterback. And now we're going to teach him an all new spot. These positions, football's not simple. It's not a simple thing. Uh, you can't just switch positions in a week and start. And 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 I and I know Helms is t- get really getting it on the internet. And I he he played poorly. He got beat on a lot of for a lot of those touchdowns. I get it. But you know, Helms has been starting for two plus years. It's the only time we've ever talked about him like this. So so let's not act like. Helms has been a, a poor player for two and a half years. He's actually been really good till this weekend. And uh, I, I just think there's an overreaction to, you know, football's a recency effect sport, but sometimes we just overdo it. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Nissan here. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Alabama's weekend or throughout the history of our alma mater. This weekend's thrilling moment is, well, it's not going to be this last weekend. I'm tell you that. Um, but I think what it can be is the 2015 Alabama Tennessee game. And I'm going, not going to show highlights this time because they got me uh, sort of not blacklisted, but YouTube sent me this nasty little thing saying, well, that you copyright and this, that, and other and pff, copyright, schmoppy, right. Doesn't matter. Um, go to, uh, YouTube if you want to and see the 2015 game, but Jimmy and I remember it well. Uh, quarterback um, Jacob Coker played pretty mediocre the entire game until the final drive. He hit our Darius Stewart for a beautiful long play. He hit Calvin Ridley on a back shoulder leaping grab uh, that was gorgeous. We work our way down the field. We end up handing it to the eventual Heisman Trophy winner and Derrick Henry, who scores from about 12, 15 yards out. We take the lead 19 to 14. We go for two, don't get it. Then Tennessee gets the ball back. I want to say it was um, Dobbs was their quarterback, if I remember right. And, t- and Peyton Manning's on the sideline. He's looking uh, – he was looking pretty giddy most of the game until that very end. And then Tennessee gets sacked twice. And the final one is intercepted by Ashawn Robinson, of all people, when Ryan Anderson knocks it from his hands. And he almost scores a touchdown. And the even funnier thing was – my dad had Alabama minus 10 or whatever. So if Ashawn had been able to score, then he, everybody would have covered and everybody would have been happy. The problem was Ashawn was tackled on about the five. And Alabama – I mean, uh, most fans were like, hey, maybe we still cover. But, no, Alabama took the knee in victory formation to go ahead and seal the victory. So while we didn't cover, we did win. And that's really important is the win. Uh, so, yeah, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Check out Nissan.com. I'm telling you, this is so much fun doing this with Nissan. We appreciate them. They're a great corporate sponsor. Good, good folks. 
All right, Jimmy, I want to talk a little bit. We'll make this a quick segment. Alabama and the NFL is hard to make this a quick segment. I will say this, though. It was a bit uh, of a salvo that I was able to watch the NFL yesterday, and a lot of Alabama dudes were kicking butt. It made me feel a lot better um, after the loss to Tennessee. Quentin Williams had a huge game yesterday. I mean, absolutely. He's playing at a different level. Um, I mean, like he's Pro Bowl. Uh, he had a, a two-sack game. Um, he w- had a fumble forced, I believe. He blocked a 47-yard field goal attempt by Mason Crosby on the first play of the second quarter. He just had a, a big day. and he, I mean, it's good for a couple of reasons. He's also a Winona high graduate. People know about uh, that, that he's from the Birmingham area, and we always have an affinity for Alabama guys who are from Alabama. Uh, C.J. Mosley. Uh, made 11 tackles and broke up a pass in that same game for the Jets. And Jaron Reed started for the Packers, and he had four tackles. Uh, Rashawn Evans had 12 tackles for the Falcons. They got a big win over uh, San Francisco. Christian Barrymore, um, he had two tackles, but he, he ended up having to leave the game. Amari Cooper scored another touchdown for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm just running through these, Jimmy, and I'll let you have some comments. Patriots running back Damian Harris uh, was not active. I was a little shocked not to see him out there, and especially I hate not to see him out there um, when you got a couple other Alabama dudes injured as well. Um, Ryan Kelly had a nice game. They actually mentioned him by name. Uh, Raekwon Davis, uh, he played – I'll tell you something about Raekwon. He started and and played well, and he had a huge sack in that game. Now, they ended up not winning, but Raekwon swallowed – Kirk Cousins on that particular sack. I don't know if you got to see that. Devontae Smith had a touchdown reception from Jalen Hurts last night. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, I thought he played pretty well last night. He wasn't, like, toasted a lot. I mean, he he made some tackles. He looked pretty good. Overall, a great day for former Alabama players in the NFL. It's fun every Sunday. Every Sunday feels like another Alabama game because you got guys on all day long. It's incredible how they're on virtually every team in the NFL. And uh, in particular, I want to – Shout out to uh, Quentin Williams, probably the game of his career, which is saying a lot because he's having a good career and he's a really good player. But uh, he was an absolute monster against the Packers yesterday. How about this stat? Okay, first of all, Irv Smith also had a touchdown yesterday. Jalen Waddle had a big fumble in the game, but he he got really mad at himself and ended up with over 120 yards receiving. That was really nice, even though, again, the Dolphins lost. But Tua should be back next week against the Steelers. Um, Saints running back Mark Ingram ran for 46 yards on nine carries and caught an 11-yard pass. Ingram became the 52nd player in NFL history with 1,800 rushing attempts by reaching 1,802 for his career. Ingram has had 1,436 of those rushing attempts with New Orleans. The rest of them, I guess, have been with Baltimore. Um, let's see. Ingram already has the New Orleans all-time leader. He's already their all-time leader in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. That's pretty cool, especially good for a dude – who uh, a lot of people designated as a bust early on. Ravens, meanwhile, they are now led in the running department by Kenyon Drake. He had 119 yards and a touchdown yesterday. So Kenyon Drake just, I mean, he won't go away. How many monochloridians does this guy have in his stool? (laughs) Obviously quite a bit. That's so true. It seems like everybody gives up on Drake, and then he just goes to the next place and kicks butt. I mean, he's done it. virtually every stop and now this is his fourth team right i mean that's crazy uh i I still don't know why the dolphins let him go and that was three teams ago (laughs) that is so true i mean think about how good the dolphins would be if they still had minka and Kenyon drake on the squad 
How fast would they be with those two and then Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Walker? They'd be the fastest team in the league. The Dolphins have been my least favorite organization over the past four or five years. Uh, they are winning now. Tua's playing well. He'll be back next week. You know, he's been playing when he's played. He's played well. And I'm rooting for Tua, but uh, I'm, I'm still not over how he's been treated by Miami and that organization uh, since the day he arrived. And, and and I never uh, to this day I'll never get over the the Minka trade, even though I understand Minka wanted out, but or Kenyon Drake. I don't get any of it. I'm 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 ready for Tua to play for someone else. I'm the only person out here saying that. But I, I'm looking forward to Tua being a starting quarterback somewhere else. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow, getting you ready for the Mississippi State game on Locked On Bama. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.